back with the IPL season and back is the Delhi Capitals podcast with a whole new season. So get ready for some amazing stories from our players as we talk all things cricket, life and being part of this beautiful Delhi Capitals family. It's a new season of the Indian Premier League and also a brand new season, season 3 of the Delhi Capitals podcast. I'm your host Supreeta Das and joining us on the podcast today is none other than the Bison Mitchell Marsh. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I'm just going to start with that. How many times have you been asked why is your nickname Bison? Uh a few now. It's been an odd nickname, isn't it? Yeah, so um, I'm just going to add like one more time to that list. Yeah. What's so, the story? Uh so um very early on in my career I had a um an Australia A tour to um to Zimbabwe and Jason Gillespie was um the assistant coach and it was thought that when I was young um and especially when I started playing cricket that I had a really big head um I don't see it to be honest but um apparently on average a bison has a 200 kilo head so Did you google that? Yes. Okay. And that's that's what Jason Gillespie told me at the time. So Um as all nicknames start I didn't like the nickname Bison and it stuck so um the last 10 years I've got used to it I actually don't mind it now so just refer to me as Bison Mitch is fine with us we'll <laughs> go with that uh but tell me you know we're in the middle of the IPL uh you though made a quick dash home to get married congratulations thank you and yes. then ran back to play for the Delhi Capitals uh this is not how you may have planned out. No, it was certainly not um I mean from purely from a cricket point of view it wasn't ideal to to miss two games. Um we initially sort of booked that weekend in thinking that the IPL would start mm. at its normal time, um anywhere sort of around the 5th or 6th of April um and I'll potentially just miss the first couple of days. Yeah. Um with the international schedule being so packed it's really hard to book in these dates um and it's a special date uh, i love cricket cricket's my life but these sorts of things are really important to me my family my now wife and um nothing's more important to me than that so we sort of booked that date in as it turned out the IPL started a week earlier than what it normally does um and it was just too late to to do it so um obviously we have amazing owners and amazing coaching staff who were very understanding um of the situation and yeah to only miss two games um it was a, I must admit on my wedding day I was thinking about us playing that night really? um at, at one point in time where the cuz we had a loss so it was disappointing but um yeah I got back and um yeah it was a a whirlwind week to get home but uh, an incredible week at home you came back with the bling bling the bling bling <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh uh Mitch we'll start a little bit from the start. Uh you you grew up in a home with cricketing heritage, uh if I can call it so, yep. but uh not a lot is spoken about your sister. Yes. Melissa, who is also a very accomplished professional sports person. Why don't we hear more about her? <laughs> um It's a very good question. Mm. It's a question she often asks as well. She's like, "Hey, here's here I am." Yeah. Um, no, she had an amazing career, 250 plus games basketball. of basketball in the in the WNBL, which is the national league in in Australia. Yeah. Um I guess back in her era, 
Um, if you think about where women's sport is now compared to where it was when she played, it's come a long way and um, they certainly didn't get the recognition that they deserved back then. So she was one of those, unfortunately. Um, but you look back now and um, I kind of see her certainly in basketball in Western Australia as a bit of a pioneer to yeah. to forge a pathway for young girls to, to make a name for themselves. And um, I think you know where women's sport is now and where it's hopefully trending, it's... Um, it's amazing. So she had an incredible career, something that um, as a family we're very proud of. She's definitely the hardest working in the family. I, I was just going to ask, so in the pecking order, because there are so many athletes in the family, mm-hmm. who is where? Where uh, are you? I think I'm last. Okay. <laughs> and I've accepted that. Um, okay. So I think it goes dad, uh, 50 tests. Um, I think Sean and Melissa, Sean's probably the most, most skilled, most talented. Melissa, the most hardworking, and then me, just going, just about just going for the hovering. ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but, but when you were growing up, you know, with your siblings, uh, playing cricket at home, uh, which, of the, which of the siblings would, you know, like, go up running to mom, complaining about the other, or, you know, like, they're not let me, letting me bat, or I wasn't out. And me. Be, you yeah. Know, Always me. Um, Sean and I would have a lot of backyard battles, but yeah. he was eight years older than me, so I would often bowl to him for as long as he felt like batting, and then it was game over. Um, I often say that I've got him to thank for me being an all-rounder because I bowled growing up. Um, oh. And then I'd go and complain to mum that I didn't get a bat, and Sean would give me a bat for five minutes, and then that was it. So, And whilst we were doing that, Melissa was playing basketball next to us. So yeah. um, pretty amazing childhood. Yeah, and, and I'd imagine... A large part of your childhood was spent growing up in uh, dressing rooms, the Australian dressing room. I, I, yep. I, th- I, I think it would be the time when someone like a Shane Warren or Steve Waugh, Mark Waugh were playing at that. What was that like? Yeah, I look back now. Uh, it was an incredible um, time of my life. Dad was, um, once I got to uh, well, the, the age where I can remember, um, Dad was coaching Australia, yeah. um, a team full of uh, some incredible cricketers and people. Um, yeah, Steve Waugh, Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath, um, Dizzy Gillespie, um, Gilly. I mean, all these guys that were all of my heroes, but wow. probably not until I was a little bit older. As a kid, you just a kid. I didn't see them as anyone. I just thought they were yeah. people that my dad coached. Um, but yeah, incredible time. And I spent so much time. He, he coached in Barbie. I spent a lot of time around. That. I think there's some awesome footage of me in the 2002 three world cup uh running around one of the ovals in south africa with a big zimbabwean flag fully kitted in zimbabwe kit so you know i supported wherever dab was and uh yeah very very lucky for the um for the childhood and for the memories that were created um any any of those memories that kind of like stuck around with you you know with a warney or a steve war i remember one day i had uh glenn mcgrath and shane warren bowling to me in the nets with a big crowd at the SCG nets, you get people that can stand behind the nets, and sure. there I was as a young kid having them bolder me in the nets, and I felt like a, it was amazing, yeah. um, incredible experience, and just those things that probably as a kid you take for granted because it just felt like the norm for me. I didn't see them as big heroes to me at, at a young age, but yeah, they were incredible memories for me, and uh, very lucky. You know, growing up around uh, cricketers, cricket, dressing rooms, and tours. Uh, was cricket always the only option for you when you'd uh, grow up? 
Um, it was always a big part of my life, yeah. yeah. Um, my parents were the opposite of pushy. Um, they didn't care what I did. Um, the only sport I wasn't allowed to play was rugby because mum thought that I would get hurt, mm-hmm. um, which is fair enough. I'm pretty soft. But it was just cricket in the summer, um, Australian rule football in the, in the winter. Winter, yeah. And I grew to be quite tall, so I faked my way into a lot of football teams. <laughs> but um, really, once I got to about 15 or 16, I deep down I sort of knew that um, cricket was something that I wanted to pursue. And, you know, even then it was still just a game and something that I really enjoyed. So um, it all happened pretty quick for me at a young age. But um, it was definitely always in my heart to, to follow my, my dreams in cricket. And there's a lot of the junior cricket that you played and then came through and then the baggy green happened, uh, which is, of course, very special. Uh, what did what did that tell you? Do you remember? Or, you know, what the what the debut was like? Yeah, it was um, test debuts in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And there was about 40 people in the crowd. Um, no fans in, in Dubai, unfortunately, yeah. um, at that stage for a test match against Pakistan. I think about 30 of them were marshes and my friends. So I had a big, uh, I had, yeah, a big percentage of the of the crowd. All your cheerleaders. Yeah, all my cheerleaders. Um, yeah. A few of my mates, not sure they watched much cricket. They were out in the town all night, every night. But yeah, dad obviously presented me with my cap. Um, very extremely special moment. Hard to sort of um, explain the emotions that were felt. Just one, you're receiving a bag of green, but two, to, to have your dad do that for you, it's very special. Um, I actually don't remember a lot of what he said. Um, I think other people probably remember more than what I do but the one thing he did say was um, in our house growing up we had a sort of big bar area and dad had memorabilia all over the walls not necessarily his own just from all this team success and people that had signed stuff and um, his bag of green was always up on the wall so dad in his sort of speech sort of said you know I've always had my bag of green up on the wall and my dream's always to have yours next to mine so that was one of the things he said and he goes this is your cat now Oh, wow. I look forward to putting up on the wall at some stage and yeah. um, blah, blah, blah. A few <laughs> tears shed, down go the sunnies and you get your bag of green and it was a very, very special moment. Wow. Not a lot of professional athletes have this experience, like, you know, your own blood, right? Of being so close to uh, to your career and, and that's 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 fairy tale, fairy tale stuff um, in some sense. And of course, you've had your moments on the cricket field uh, as your career progressed, having spent with Sean. Uh, and I remember, of course, very clearly the hundreds by the Marsh Brothers in yep. Sydney. We know what happened. We saw on TV what happened when when your hundred uh, was going to happen. I want to know, were you going to go for a hug or a high five? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was a crazy moment. Yeah. Um, I obviously knew that it wasn't going for four. Yeah. And I'm not sure Sean did. I was sort of coming in for the high five. Sean came in for the hug. And then it was just sheer panic to get back in my crease and for him to get back in his crease. Yeah. And then you obviously saw Steve Smith. I was going to come to his that. Carry he was on. Like, what is yeah, going on? So we had that sort of moment and it was just, um, as they used to say in the in the Australian dressing room, sometimes marsh-like behavior. So um, <laughs> there was a lot of love in that moment and wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, yeah. That, that one stands out for sure. Uh uh, Mitch, through your career, though, uh, you know, and of course, we'll we'll come to the T20 World Cup, which was which was beautiful, playing that knock uh, in the final. There, of course, have been moments, as is the case in any sports person's life. There are ups and downs. Uh, there are moments which aren't always happy or good, uh, and that 
that sort of tests how strong you are really as as a human being mm-hmm. not just a sports person uh, how do you deal with moments like that when the going's not so great i think as a cricketer you have a lot of those times mm. where you can get a bit flat certainly as a batsman um you fail a lot more than you succeed as a batsman um and that's just that's just facts and the stats suggest that the best players in the world perform on average one in three to four innings and that's the absolute best that's the steve smith the virat Kohli, the ab de villiers so ultimately as a batsman if you don't learn to deal with failure um cricket can become a very hard game so i think throughout my younger years certainly in test match cricket um, which has provided me my biggest challenge as a cricketer and as a batsman every failure to me was like the end of the world so it was um yeah at times very hard to deal with you can be very hard on yourself but were you hard on yourself uh yeah yeah absolutely um and i think um at times when you fail on the field that warrants people to have opinions about your spot on the side you as a cricketer sometimes you as a person um which you know at the top level you've got to expect and i think as a as a younger um cricketer i didn't really handle that the best that i possibly could um and i've spoken about it multiple times but um yeah, probably got to a point where I had to ask myself a few questions about how I sort of wanted to deal with that sort of stuff. Um, did I want to let cricket sort of dictate who I am as a person? Yeah. My results will always dictate who I am as a cricketer, but they shouldn't dictate me as a, as a person, as a human being. Yeah. And I can still be happy outside of the game of cricket if cricket's not going well. And I think that attitude um, it took me a lot of failures to get there. It took me a lot of learning to get there. And I guess that sort of mentality now has helped me have you know a very um, consistent three years of cricket, um, both away from the game and um, and in the game. So that sort of mentality, letting go of um, I guess the fear of failure and just going out there to compete, has really changed the way I play the game. Um, I've started enjoying the game a lot more over the last couple yeah. of years. Um, and don't get me wrong, I've still enjoyed the game my whole career. I've enjoyed being tested and playing against the best players in the world. And even to a point now where at times you enjoy your failures. You've got to, you know, you've got to use them as learnings and, and ways to get better. And I think the best players always do that. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a fair journey, but um, one that I wouldn't change. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I wanted to ask, did you... Uh did, did you work with a mental health expert uh, to be able to change uh, this mindset and being okay with failure? Because modern day sport is so harsh, right? It's so brutal. Mm. And a lot of the time, the behind the scenes work, all the hard work that goes on doesn't get noticed because you're only judged on whether you're winning a match or losing it. Yeah, yeah there's been a lot of people that I've worked with over the journey, mm. um, family, yeah. uh, friends, my now wife, um, we had a beautiful, a couple of beautiful sports psychs in Michael Lloyd and Matthew Bergen. Okay. Um, Lloydie was with the Australian team. Matthew Bergen was with with the West Australian cricket team. Um, and those two guys have no doubt had massive impacts on my career, um, on my life as well. Um, Matty Bergen, for example, was huge on getting me to um, detach myself from the outcome of a game of cricket. Um, p- focus on my preparation tick every box before a game and just focus on going out there and competing. And I guess you go back a step there and often as a cricketer and as a batsman, um, Mm. you want to go out there and make runs. And 
every batsman walks out there wanting to make a hundred, but without a sound process, without proper routines, pre-ball routines, all that sort of stuff, and sticking to a process, you can't actually get to the to the end goal. So, um, yeah, I sort of took it all back and just yeah detached myself from the outcome. Came up with really good routines, um, processes that I knew would work for me mentally and in the nets and that was my, my sole focus and you know they've changed over the last couple of years but I know that there's a lot of things that do work for me and I know that my method works now mentally and it's about coming back to that every game every ball yeah and um, yeah it's been a good journey yeah and, and, and like you said the cricket makes you happy and that's great uh, but that's not all what life is about Correct. There is a lot work more. life balance. Work life balance. Yeah, there's not a lot of work life balance as yeah. an international cricketer. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and there's so much of travel involved, right? As an international cricketer, I I do know though. Whenever you're uh, traveling, at least here in India, you also do take the time out to look for a nice cafe somewhere around or a Always. restaurant. Coffee. Yeah. yeah. Are you the uh, Are you the um, coffee and food and beverage expert of the team oh, i'm the general manager of food and beverage yeah yeah fnb general manager yeah but okay. india's a little tough for that i don't yeah. really know where i'm going yeah. um and really good coffee no offense um is can be hard to find so yeah. i haven't found anywhere in delhi yet so mm. if anyone listens to this over yeah. the next three weeks and they've got some suggestions for the best cafes yeah. for me to up. get to um just hit me up yeah um, one of the, the great parts about playing international cricket, playing in tournaments like the IPL is traveling the world, seeing different places, yeah. new experiences, um, new food, new people. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, getting getting back to the cricket now, uh, the T20 World Cup in 2021, uh, a lot of people said that was Mitch Marsh 2.0, the way <laughs> you played your cricket. Uh, and everything sort of built up in a way to the knock that you played uh, in that final of 77 runs. How did that build up for you as a person um, and as a cricketer? Purely, you know, by the way, you were playing your shots, uh, hitting the ball out of the park literally from the word go. Yeah, I, it was an incredible night. Um, there was a lot that went into that final, um, a lot in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned it a few times that six months before that World Cup final, I had a really good chat with our now coach, Andrew McDonald. Um, he spoke to me about becoming a player who can go from ball one, and he literally meant hitting first ball for six. Oh, okay. um, and that was quite foreign to me, as I've always been someone who felt like I could catch up at the back end. But I think... You know the best players in the world have that ability to go from ball one. So um, I went away and trained that for a couple of months um, before our tour to the West Indies in June. To hit the ball from the, from the first word ball, go. first okay. ball every session. I'd try and hit the first ball for six um, within reason, obviously. Um, and yeah, I um, I trained it, I visualised it, and um, we went to the West Indies in in June, July of that year, and I. Um, had a really good series against the West Indies that yeah. built confidence in what I was trying to do. Mm. Um, and I guess in the World Cup, it, I mean, I didn't intentionally, I didn't have the mental, I didn't walk out to bat going, I'm hitting this first ball for six. Um, that kind of just happened with. No, you manifested comp- it, just admit it. Yeah, well, I'd, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> okay. But I, yeah, it was, 
I had a lot of confidence. Mm. I felt very trusted by the group that we had, um, by our coaching staff and by the playing group. And that sort of trust allows you to play quite freely. And um, it was an indifferent World Cup for me. I started, um, I was left out for a game, which outside of our little bubble was made into this really big deal. Yeah. It, it really wasn't. Um, and I can honestly say that we had this a beautiful squad that was about squad mentality and I understood that for that game I was missing out but I knew that I was a chance to come back in so I didn't let it deter me or um, didn't want to be that guy who was sort of bringing the team down. Yeah. Kept my head up um, and I got back in and I built a bit of confidence leading to that final and yeah, I, I guess got to the final and... Um, it was an incredible few hours. I mean, to, to say that, um, yeah, I've won a World Cup and, uh, and, and being an integral part in the final was, uh, is something that I'll always cherish. Would you say it was the greatest moment of your cricketing career so far? You'd won another World Cup as well. Yeah, I was 12th man in 2015, <laughs> so that doesn't count. And yeah. the under-19s, yeah. I can't claim that, yeah. you know. Um, but... This one was the it. T20 World Cup is by far the yeah the best moment of my career, um, mm. the most fulfilling. Um, it was yeah just incredible. Speaking of T20 cricket, there's so much of it played around the world. Uh, everyone's playing league cr cricket through the year, uh, which uh, is actually keeping a lot of people you know busier than the international mm -hmm. calendar. Uh, your thoughts on how it has affected the dynamics of cricket? Oh, I think it's been amazing for the game. Mm. Uh, I think the opportunities that are arising for a lot of people around the world is incredible. And really, I wish I was 10 years younger. Yeah. There you go. Um, I just, I think what's about to happen with world cricket um, is going to be amazing. Um, there's no doubt that the landscape's changing rapidly and the purists will say that um, certain formats might die, but the opportunities that are arising for a lot of people is um is incredible and uh, hopefully i can hold on for a bit longer and be a part of it all yeah uh well you're part of one here yeah. uh, it's your second year here what's the delhi capitals journey been like we all talk about dc being a family and everyone being yeah. an integral and important part of that family uh what's what's it been like two years of course a lot of familiar faces for you from australia mm. the moment you walked in yeah. uh, but what's it been like Oh, it's been awesome. Um, yeah. having, having played for the Scorchers back home um, for 12 years, uh, we've had a lot of success as a team. Yeah. And we often talk about the Scorchers family, um, and it's real. It's it's something that you feel a part of. And I've played for a few different IPL teams, yeah. um, and at times I've always had international cricket at the forefront of my mind, so that's always come first to me. Um, so I've never really felt a part of other teams in the IPL Um great people and amazing franchises but this Delhi team's been the first team where I've really felt like um, it's been a bit of a home for me and it's not just the 11 players that we see running out in the field every game it's um, everyone in the background um, all of our support staff it genuinely is a family and there's a lot of care from our owners um, down to everyone so it's uh, it's an incredible franchise um, and I'm really proud to be a part of it I think it's not just the two months. I think, yeah, the, the best way I can describe it is it's not just the two months that you hear that you're a Delhi capital. Mm. Um, people are in contact. People are reaching out for 12 months of the year from the last game we played last year to 
the first game this year was yeah. you're always in contact with people and I think that's a testament to how this franchise is run and it's um, yeah something that I certainly want to be a part of for hopefully a long time to come. We hope so too. Uh, and of course, as is typical with franchise cricket, every year there are some faces that are new and some walk into other franchises. Among the guys you've met and played and hung around with last year and this year as well, uh, who has been a surprise package for you? Um, and we can go beyond like the playing group. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, well, I, I have to start with Salty. Yeah. Um, Salty's a, we've got along like a house on fire, um, which, you know, you hate to say about the Poms, but... Uh, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, but he's uh, he's a ripper. We've spent a lot of time together. Nitin Sharma. <laughs> I'm actually not sure what he does. Um, he's massaging people every night, but he tells me he's team manager, so uh, I'm not really sure where where that stands. Mm. Um, whatever he does, he's vitally important to this group. He's a, uh, He's a beautiful man. He's very funny. Um... I'd say there's a fair language barrier between him and I. Um, he knows about 10 words of English and I know about three words of Hindi. So, but we get along. Um, what are those three words you've picked up? Uh, there's a few more than three, but uh, <laughs> um, a few bad ones actually. Yeah, but, we, uh, we don't say those things. No, we don't. No, yeah. unfortunately not. I just read them on uh, a few guys' lips on the TV. Yeah. But you know, there's just so many good people in this franchise. And um, yeah. yeah, there's no... Like I don't just stick to hanging out with Salty. I can hang out with any of the 70 people that are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think the amazing thing is while, you know, while it can get, of course, intense with the cricket, it can also be very calm and very chill, mm. which, is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. But, and yeah. it's important for players these days to have those yeah. times where they can just chill and hang out and be people. Mm. Uh, you've been to India, of course, on, on international duty as well. Um, uh, and now your wife will also be joining you, albeit yes, for a very tonight. brief while. Yes. Um, anything on your to-do list, you know, things to do in India, which you may have not done on your previous visits? Uh, yeah, it's, it's her to-do list, not mine. Uh, yes. <laughs> her and her mother will get out and about, maybe a okay. few landmarks. Yeah. Um, and then we go to Chennai. So we'll get out and about in Chennai. We'll um, do as much as we can there and hopefully eat some nice, beautiful Indian food and... Um, yeah, and see as much as we can. While we're speaking about India, a lot a lot of the cricketers, the overseas players, of course, have this to say about playing in India, basically how deafening it is in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel that the same way, maybe especially like an innings where you may have gotten out early and there's a fair bit of time that you have to sit in the dugout maybe and behind you, you want to like just go like that at times? Yeah, it can get very loud. Mm. Um there's no doubt that uh, Indians are the most passionate cricket people in the world. Yeah, I mean, the, the noise is deafening. I, I, it's unexplainable to people back home for me. <laughs> um, loud crowd, yeah, whatever. But it is, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's unexplainable. And it's, it's, what make, it's part of what makes the IPL what it is. What it is, yeah, yeah 100%. There's no, a good game in cricket is a good game in cricket whether it's played in Australia, South Africa, England, India. But yeah. it's what comes with playing India, the bright lights, um, the fans. They're just on top of you. They ride every ball. They ride a dot ball. They ride a six. Umpire calls a wide. They're screaming. The no ball siren comes They also on. understand the game very, very well. They understand the game very well. Yeah, they, um, yeah the, the cricket knowledge is, is probably 
part of the whole why it's amazing because every single person there knows every single rule. Yeah. They know more rules than me, um, <laughs> which is probably a bit scary. <laughs> but there will be the World Cup, of course, here in India later this year. Um, do you want to make any early predictions for the World Cup? Uh, yep. Australia undefeated, defeating India. Australia f- two for 450 in the final. India all out. 65 we are getting very specific and not cutting that we'll check out we'll check (laughs) out in a few months uh, time Mitch thank you so much but before we let you go we're gonna do a quick rapid fire because we're a T20 team so we do quick 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 alright alright coaches then take your pick Uh, Justin Langer or Ricky Ponting oh god that's a controversial quick fire question (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll let that one go through the keeper. Okay, then. <laughs> um, next one. Uh, wins. The more special one. Ashes or World Cups? Ashes. Okay. Uh, where do you like to unwind? At a mountain or a beach? Beach, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the more animated of these two cricketers, David Warner or Rishabh Pant? Uh, David Warner, 100%. Uh, Mitch Marsh, the batter or the bowler? Um, I'd like to face my bowling. Yeah. Um, so definitely Mitch Marsh the batter. Okay. Yeah. Last one, play with Sean or play against Sean? Uh, definitely play with Sean. I've hated playing against him. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time, Mitch. It was wonderful speaking with you. I'm really sorry we didn't organize any coffee for you. But no coffee, nothing. Yeah, but you're not, you're not happy with the standards of coffee in Delhi anyway, so we have to work on that. All right. No, thanks for having me and Thank thanks you. to all the Delhi fans that support us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Delhi Capitals podcast. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on Spotify and other platforms to stay updated with the latest episodes. Happy listening.